Hi, and welcome to the very first podcast for Future Leaders Mentoring. We're bringing you inspirational personalities talking about the lessons learned in life and in business with a focus on mentoring. Today, I'm joined by Sam Miles and Monica Collins, both are senior leaders and have multiple roles. They're both people who inspire me to do better, so it made sense that we'd start our podcast journey with them. Welcome both. Hello. Hi. Hi, Sam. Hi, Ian. Hello, hello, hello. both. Um, really pleased you could join me today. Thanks very much. Um, Thanks for having us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just to kick us off, uh, can you give our listeners a quick introduction into who you are and what you do? Monica, can you start? Yeah, sure. Very happy to be here, Ian. So um, my name is Monica, as you've said, and I am a managing director in an energy supply business here in, in the UK. Um, I'm also a, a non-exec for Future Leaders, which I absolutely love being involved in. Um, and I'm also a trustee for a multi-academy trust, so a schools trust as well. So a number of jobs. Yeah, very busy then. Mm. And Sam, over to you. Yes, so um, I'm Sam Miles. You've kind of done a, a brief intro already. So my day job um, is as a general manager for a new entrant um, of a supply energy company. And I'm also chief operating officer um, with you in the exec team for Future Leaders. Cool. Thank you both. Um, so just to sort of kick us off then, I just wanted to understand a little bit more about what a perfect day looked like for, for both of you. So um, Sam, starting with you, Talk yeah. to me about what a perfect day looks like. Um, and I guess what I'm interested in is, you know, what, what are you doing um, and yeah. how it makes you feel probably most importantly? Yeah. Um, so for me, it's definitely not a work day. Um, I mean, I love what I do and I definitely love working with future leaders. But for me, I think a perfect day is with my family. Um probably a little bit cliche I think uh, a lot of people obviously enjoy spending time with their family but I think a perfect day is waking up somewhere new um, so we like to travel quite frequently and I know that's been difficult for most people over the last year but um, we we like to go away for weekends and, and whether it's in a, a new city um, or somewhere coastal we went to Dorset last weekend I think the perfect day for me is when we're waking up somewhere new and we've got somewhere different to go and explore um, so, yeah, just being out and about and learning anything kind of historical. Um, so we love nature, food, new cultures. Um, so, yeah, just a, a day where we can take the opportunity to see and learn different things, I think, is probably a perfect day for me. Um, a close second, actually, would probably be just um, staying at home, maybe watching some movies and, and not doing a lot. So it's probably one or the other. But, yeah, being out and about, exploring yes. is good okay. for me. Thank you, Sam. And you, Monica? Um, so, so I'm going to talk about, I have the same kind of structure to how I start and finish most of my days, regardless of whether they're work or personal. Uh, like Sam, I absolutely love spending time with my family. Um, I'm a massive gardener, so being outside works for me too. It's kind of yeah. my balance in terms of busy, busy working week and then having that balance and discipline at the weekend. But um, I am a massive fan of this book. I don't know if you've seen it. It's The Six Minute Diary. Oh, so this is kind of my trade secret that if you if you <laughs> wanted a top tip um, and what it does is it's three minutes at the start of the day and three minutes at the end of the day. So at the start of the day, you spend uh, you write three things that you're grateful for, yeah. how you'll make the day great 
and a positive affirmation like I am in control and I have the right skills or whatever it might be and then in the afternoon or evening depending on when you close your day you write down a good deed because we all know that actually you get a lot of gratification from helping others um, how you'll improve and three great things that you experience. And um, and then I spend a bit of time doing yoga and it, normally it's a 10 minute YouTube video because that's all I can get in before I have to go and do bath, bedtime and all the other stuff. But yeah. I think regardless of my type of day, if I do one of those, if I have that same sort of start, finish and structure to it, I find I'm looking after myself in the right way, which means that I get the most out of my day. And, and that's really important to me to feel like every day matters and it counts. Yeah, I like that. Where did you get your book from, Monica? I haven't oh. heard of that one before. Not that I want to do any shameless plug-in. But, um... <laughs> you can get it on Amazon and all good bookshops. But um, <laughs> I'll send you a link. It's, uh, yeah, awesome, thanks. But it's, a re- it's really cool. Someone introduced it to me and it's been quite yeah. life-changing. And I think through lockdown as well a lot of people have found it really difficult to find things to be grateful for every day absolutely and so when you are forced to kind of have a look and really think about it there's loads there's loads of stuff that you're grateful for you just have to sit down and just reflect for those three minutes it's really good awesome good yeah sounds good thank you i'll take a look cheers yeah yeah. There's a um there's a there's a there's an app that I started using actually which is quite similar which is called Success Wizard. Um, um, okay. And that's that's very much focused on planning your day. Um obviously it's a bit there's a bit a bit of gamification in there that kind of you're sort of ticking and you're hitting towards a target. Um but fundamentally creating that that real sort of regime of your day and asking you what you're grateful for. Um yeah. Which I think is a is a is a is a wonderful way to sort of look at look at things, actually, isn't it? Yeah, and we spend and, uh, so much time on our phones, don't we? Yeah. So it's easy just to have something there that you can refer to. I'm just a bit yeah. old fashioned. I think, as you say, though, at the moment, I think we've all had plenty of days where we've not recognised those smaller things to actually be grateful mm. for. So to to kind of be forced to prompt that at the end of every day is a is a really nice and healthy thing. I think, particularly as you say, at the moment. So yeah, and how do you um? Because I find it difficult sticking to doing that every day. How do you how do you stick to it, Monica? How do you remain disciplined? Um, I do it. So my my start of the day, that's how I start my three minutes. So I always before I even turn the laptop on, I grab my diary. It's the first thing that's on my desk. I try and leave my desk tidy in my home office so that when I come in in the morning, it's there and it's the first thing I do. Um, Because I find that if I don't do that, then I just start. You just start, you just open your emails and you just start typing and you kind of, you just get into a habit and a pattern. So, um, and then at the end, because if you get into that rhythm whereby it closes your official work day, I think it sort of, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to write this and I'm going to, or you can do it before bed, depending on when you, when you prefer, but it's sort of, it's, it's the way that you end things and it's signals. So I do at the end of my work Mm. day because it enables me to then go and, be somebody else with my family you know to have that time yeah. um but yeah I, I guess it took me it actually took me a while to get into a rhythm and into a, a bit of a pattern of doing it and I, I suppose I don't beat myself up if I don't do it a day it's 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 there to help me it's another tool that we have and and it's there and if it if you don't do it what's quite nice about it as well is that there are 
there's a habit tracker and there are some prompts and questions. So once a month, you could stumble across a page that asks you some sort of deep thought provoking questions. And I always find those really quite challenging. So you sort of have to take a bit longer if you want to go and tackle some of those, but it's really good for your own personal reflections. Sounds good. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, so just um, moving on from that then, um, and I guess thinking of, you know, you, you both um, have had very successful careers to date and, and clearly you're going to move on to become even more successful in the future. But was it a, was it a time, um, and, and just thinking for you, Sam, was it a time in your career when you thought, I really want to be a leader? Or, and whatever, whether you called it a leader, whether you called it a manager or I want to become successful? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I don't think there was like a light bulb moment um but there's there's certainly not a specific time where I I can't I can't recall anyway where I just thought I want to be a leader um I think it felt quite organic for me um and if I think back actually to when I was a kid or or how I was within um you know my placement within my family or my friends group I've, I've always been a bit of like the go-to anyway um I've, I've typically been the person that was lent upon um so I don't know whether there was some kind of natural leadership skills that I've always kind of had um I say leadership skills it could have been that I was maybe a bit controlling when I was younger and um, <laughs> um just trying to find my way through I don't know I'm I'm the youngest of three children so maybe that was the case but um I think when it came to my career um it, it really did uh project more so when I when I actually entered the energy industry I think it became a lot clearer to me um that this is the the, the place for me and I think it started where um it was just a job, right? So I needed a job. I'd relocated from the southeast to the southwest, and um, I landed a collections role in an energy company. Um, and I was I was so naive back then. I actually didn't think there was any other energy companies in the uh, out there that wasn't British Gas. Um, but so I landed this job, and then very quickly realised that I. I really liked the complexity of everything um, and wanted to know everything. So it actually started for me just wanting to be an expert. Um, and then with that kind of comes with the territory of, you know, becoming an expert in a, in, a, in a certain field, everybody naturally comes to you for information. And then kind of before I knew it, people were seeing me um, as, a, as a leader, which I, I really enjoyed, you know, it was really lovely for my ego. And um, it felt very natural for me. So I, I don't know whether there was a point, as I say, where it was, um, I, I wanted to just be a leader, it, it, it felt quite organic and quite... Um, quite normal for, for that to be kind of the path that I took so for me yeah it was more of an SME um, and then I wanted the promotion I then became you know quite eager to want to be a senior of that team and then a team leader of that team and then the manager of the team and, and then a manager of those teams um, and then so on and that's kind of what um, has really shaped me over the last 10 years really so it wasn't so much a point that I can think in memory mm. it felt quite quite normal for me I think for, for that to be the outcome. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Sam. Um, Monica, similar to you, or, or was it different? Um, I, I suppose that when I reflect on it, I think like many people, I became responsible for leading people long before I had any sort of training in what that should actually look like in terms of being a good leader. Yeah. Um, but I, I, much like Sam, I always had a strong desire to 
inspire others you know really around driving high performance that that's what it for me it was about making sure that everyone was really striving to deliver the the right outcomes and having meaningful career defining moments themselves to sort of creating opportunities for others that that's what I think when I think back to my career what I was trying to do without really knowing that that's what I was trying to do um um, well, what I would say is that it kind of wasn't until I was faced with leading through adversity and the great challenges that, that come with leadership um, that I actually really, it really dawned on me the significance and the importance of being a leader and what that means and what a privileged position it is. And I always look at it and I always talk about it as something being very special and privileged. You know, you're in, you're responsible in, in terms of inspiring and leading a group of people to, to do something. And that has a great sense of responsibility, um, you know, and particularly in times of difficulty, you have to give clarity and support and role model the right behaviors. And you're always there and on show and, and people look to you. And so, so I, I feel like leading people is probably the most important duty that I have. And, and certainly when Sam talks about, you know, her family and things, you sort of, you, you lead your family through as well. So it's kind of in all aspects of your life, it touches that you, you, be, you grow into this role and you become this, this leader with a very strong sense of purpose. Um, and I think for me, it's about helping people get clear on the destination and the route to get there. So that, that was my sort of journey, much like Sam, not, not a kind of, pinnacle moment where I thought right I want to be the boss but but also I recognize if I if I remember back to my childhood I used to have a t-shirt that said the boss on it and, and I, <laughs> it's like did at that early stage did that ever dawn on me or yeah. did I just like that t-shirt but yeah and it's interesting I think the point you made quite early on actually in your answer around um not necessarily having kind of really that skill set as well and I think we, mm. we certainly see this a hell of a lot in future leaders don't we whereby yeah. people given the title and the responsibility and it's almost like um, a bit of a burden for, for some people because they've not been presented um, the skills that have to go with that and, and the training and the support and everything else. Um, I, I know I certainly see that quite a lot with with mentors and, and, and people that I see individually within the businesses that I've worked in and um, so yeah just just having the title sometimes isn't it isn't enough is it you need obviously the, the the rest of the package to go with it to be successful and obviously do the leadership long term as well. And, and I think you can recall the the moment where you actually have a in your career where everyone has one which is the yeah. bad boss you know that bad oh, yeah. leader that they just yep. don't have the skills and, and and at some point we've probably been them as well and and you know lived through that and uh, yep. and and so I think that's that's where when when we have people coming through the future leaders program you can really touch them make a difference yeah. because yep. having that support having someone to guide you through that transition it's a big step right and yeah it's so important to get it right yeah completely agree yeah I think I think you put you will spot on and, and certainly when I look back on, on my career there's lots of times when I look back now where I think wow what what was I doing there um, I was I was doing the wrong thing. I was I was leading incorrectly. I was making mistakes. Um, but you know I, I'm I am where I am now, and I'm and I'm mm. able to reflect on those and and change and adjust. You know whether it's every time you you get exposed to a new person that challenges you or inspires you, or every time you're in a new role, there's a there's an opportunity for a a new start, a blank piece of paper. Um, but when I when I think back now of of some of the things I did, certainly. You know, we're, we're definitely the wrong wrong leadership styles, but 
Um, sometimes it's the culture. Sometimes it's the person you're looking up to and and, yeah. and, and incorrectly. Um, but it's, I also found, um, you know, in some of my roles, it can be quite a lonely experience. Um, Absolutely. And I wonder if both of you have, have, have felt that before. Yeah, I think given our nodding, um, yeah. that it, it, it feels familiar um, to be lonely. Absolutely. Um, I've also had roles and I think this will probably resonate with anybody listening here. And, and obviously it does with you two as well. But um, I, I've definitely been in positions where I felt incredibly lonely, where, you know, you, on paper, you've got support. You have a boss, right? You've got peers and you've got a really good team underneath you. Um, but sometimes you don't relate to these people or they're not, you know, they're that bad boss and, um, you know, your, your mindset or culturally there's a problem and, and it can feel incredibly lonely um, if, if you're not having that right kind of support from the right kind of people with the right kind of experiences as well. So, I mean, I've had bosses that um, have been massively underqualified and they, they can't possibly provide me the support that I need because, you know, you're outgrowing them sometimes and that's, that's really difficult. Yes, Monica? Yeah, I, I, I suppose that I just um, I reflect on uh, the importance of networks in that situation as well, because when you lean on people who can either support you where you have uh, a need or a gap or or even sometimes where you need challenge, where you don't get it from within the kind of confines of your, of your organisational leadership or, or team, um, because it's good to have people that challenge you as well. And mm. so use, using your network, building your network in the first place and then using your network effectively um, to make sure that you have either that support or challenge in place can be really useful. So yeah. um, that's probably what jumps to mind there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and, you know, clearly you've both been very successful to date, but, you know, is there is there anything when you reflect back on your journey so far that, that you would change um, about your journey so far, um, Sam? Would I change anything about my journey? Um, probably not, you know, and I think we, we've touched upon this a little bit, just, just speaking um, through this for the last few minutes anyway. But I think, to be honest, it's easy to look back and think, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. You know, I shouldn't have managed that situation or that person that way. Um, I've got plenty of occasions where I look back now and I it, it almost makes me shudder actually sometimes that I certainly <laughs> wasn't the best version of me um, because the best version of me, I feel like is actually, you know, today because I'm growing all the time. Um, so would I change anything? Probably not. I, I, I have to be grateful for those those days and I want to be grateful for those mistakes and I'm actually incredibly grateful for those really bad bosses that I've had um, because it, it teaches you how not to be um, mm. so no and I think again probably being somewhat um, cliche maybe but you learn from those mistakes so uh, no I think my immediate answer is probably no I wouldn't I wouldn't look to change anything because I, you know we wouldn't be doing what we're doing today I wouldn't be sitting here with you guys um, and I wouldn't have learned the way I've learned and sometimes there is the harder way and I'm grateful that we have the opportunity with our mentees now, you know, to, to kind of help take them off track. If we recognize a route um, that we followed that possibly wasn't the right direction, you know, we, we've got the opportunity now to really instill best practice into people in ways that we probably weren't given um, certainly early on in our careers, Monica, I don't know whether that resonates mm -hmm. with you as well, but um, yeah. I, I'd, I'd rather take the opportunity and, and you know, show some of my scars and bruises to other people and, and, and help there because I'm not ungrateful for, for any of those moments, actually. So, no. And is that similar for you, Monica? Yeah, I, that authenticity point just, just 
before I answer is really important, Sam. I think you know that that being true to yourself and how you lead, um, yeah. and and the the experiences that have shaped you. Um, I think uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to say yes, sort of similarly. That there's not so much anything that I would change, but there is a moment, and and I'm. I, I recall that as a child, well, child, I was a teenager, um, I did art GCSE and I desperately wanted to pursue A-level art. It was something that I'd always been really creative and I wanted to be, I didn't quite know what it was, but something creative. And mm. um, my teacher told me I wasn't good enough and actually said that, you know, you're not good enough. Wow. And I gave up, I gave up art and I didn't do it. And I did um, economics, politics, you know, business, did all that kind of stuff. And, and that's taken me down the road and the path that I've, I've built in my career. And and um, yes, I ended up doing marketing and kind of, and then uh, went into commercial and all sorts of things. But I suppose if I look back on it, having somebody at that impressionable age tell me that I couldn't do something and for years, I didn't paint. And it wasn't until lockdown that I actually sort of, you know, many, many years later decided yeah. I was going to pick up a paintbrush again. And I let someone do that to me. Um, yeah. And I don't really believe in having regrets because I think you make choices. But uh, had I had that person not said that to me or had I had a different type of teacher, then perhaps I would have gone down a slightly different route or maybe I'd have ended yeah. up at the same place ultimately, but just gone a different way. And um I, I don't know if you did you did you watch the BAFTAs at all no know. no okay so there's there's um there was a speech that Noel Clark is an actor yes, and yes, um yes absolutely. yeah the speech really cool, yeah okay yes. so for, for the purposes of the podcast and people that might not have seen it I'll, <laughs> I'll just um so so he was talking very much about people that were underrepresented so not right. entirely the similar situation to me at <laughs> yeah, all because yeah. I had a fantastic education but uh, you know, people who who um, didn't necessarily have all the opportunities. And, and what he said was, sometimes you feel like it's not achievable. It is. Sometimes you'll feel you're not good enough. You are. Sometimes you'll feel like you don't deserve it. You do. And it was just a such a fantastic speech that was motivating to inspire sort of the next generation of actors from those less represented categories yeah. of society and children particularly um and, and I'm I'm so conscious of never telling my children that they can't do something absolutely because of the experience that I had yeah. and when I heard that speech I was like gosh if if everyone could hear that yeah. and and also the next generation of leaders could hear that and really think about what that means when they're inspiring their workforce to do brilliant things and have career-defining moments um I just thought that was brilliant yeah, no, I think that's a really appropriate um, kind of speech to to announce it. I, I hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it, but maybe maybe I should go and have a look on YouTube. Yeah, it is. It was really great. He talked yeah. a lot about his own journey and what he'd been through. Yeah. It was really lovely. Yeah, it was. Um, so thinking about um, you, you mentioned earlier, Monica, about the, the importance of networking, certainly, you know, being leaders, it can be a lonely space but for your network um, and, and my experience of, of network and certainly my first few networking events were pretty, pretty scary events. So um, really struggling to know what to do um, at a networking event in, in the sort of first, first side of things. So um, tell, tell me more about your first networking events and, and how you felt about them. <laughs> um, uh, Monica, if you, can, if you can start with yours. Yeah. Um, so 
I suppose they, they would have been very early on in my career. So when I worked in, in the automotive world, um, going to motor shows, um, meeting lots of people at exhibitions. Um, so I worked in that sort of automotive circle. It, it was it was fairly big. There were lots of but very male dominated industry, mm. um, lots of kind of social events around those types of shows as well. And um, I'm, I'm, I suppose I'm not naturally extroverted. Mm. And so there will be others like me who, who have the same preference that when it comes to those big social gatherings, just just feel slightly less comfortable. Um, I think networking is hugely important. And as you progress through your career, it becomes more important. And whether it's catching up for a cup of tea with an old colleague or attending an event either in Zo on Zoom nowadays or in person, that, that, that that's really important to help you to be connected. And uh, I suppose the tipping point for me in terms of networking and getting comfortable with it was when I stopped viewing networks as me seeking something from others and recognising that actually I was valuable and I could offer something to somebody else in a value exchange kind of way. Mm. And um, so if I come back to my, my journal, I suppose, for a minute, it, it's if you recognise that helping others can have a big impact uh, on them and that that makes you feel really good about what you're doing, then you see the value in what you can offer. And having a strong network is valuable. Uh, and it's something you have to constantly invest in because when you then give back to others, they're more willing to give back to you. Um, and so, so you're more likely to, to get something back when you're, when you're better connected and better placed yeah. to be able to do so. Samuel, uh, uh, you, you obviously resonate with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it took me some time. Um, if I think back to some of the first... Actually, probably, I, I think I might remember my first networking event. And weirdly enough, Ian, I think it was someone that you invited me to. <laughs> and that was back in your Experian <laughs> days. Um, and I was a customer of yours. And it was very early on in my, in my leadership career. Um, and I'd recently moved into a team leader role. And I was going out and representing the company that I was working for um, at this massive utilities Experian event. Mm. And obviously externally, oh, yeah totally fine I'm gonna nail it and everything else but I was absolutely petrified mm -hmm. um the thought of being left alone made me absolutely just completely um petrified I was completely petrified and I think I was petrified because I was so nervous of being in a room full of very experienced very knowledgeable people and I was really nervous that one of them would catch me on my own and they'd ask me a question and I'd look really stupid because I just felt like the most naive person in that room um, and that actually stayed with me for quite a long time and that fear really followed me for quite some time and I think occasionally that, that inner critic can still creep in when you feel like the stupidest person in the room sometimes and networking events are really good at making me anyway I don't know whether this is for everybody else but making me feel a bit small um so I'm vulnerable yeah networking events are not my safe space <laughs> Um, but it has taken me, a, 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 you know, a quite some time, but I'm, I'm feeling way more comfortable than I used to, particularly back if, you know, if I think about 10 years ago. Um, but what I have learned is that I'm so not lonely when it comes to that feeling, actually, and, and feeling quite small at networking events and, and actually having that perception that everybody is bigger, better, more knowledgeable than you and mm. um, it's, it's also quite salesy as well, networking events, isn't it? And, um, and, and I'm not very good at selling, you know, either myself or companies that I'm working for or, or, or anything like that. So it felt all a bit unnatural for me. Um, 
I also didn't really appreciate the importance of networking either. Um, again, that's something that's certainly come to me more so in the last five years, I, I, I'd say, um, as, I've, as I've progressed. But um, no, if, if, if you just said to me five years, five, six years ago about networking, I would have externally been you know, absolutely fine with it, but internally completely petrified, um, not really aware of the importance of it and, and feeling very small and vulnerable, as you said, Monica, really. Mm. Um, but Ian, do I you think- find that with a lot of the, 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 the um, mentors and mentees that come on board, that this is a topic of great discussion? Is it something yeah. that... It, it is, and certainly sort of uh, confidence about networking events and um sort of challenging themselves around yeah. their value is is yeah. I mean, general confidence is is super important so so one of the first people i mentor through future leaders met me at an event um and they were reflecting on how they'd got to the event they saw these people speaking and thought wow how confident do they look um mm. and and the reality is always different isn't it because mm somebody's portraying externally is very different to what they're what they're feeling internally but they they kind of expressed themselves this way and 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 talked about one of their one of their goals was to to be able to speak at a a future event um and and they they did uh, and it was wonderful and it was it was it was great for me to sort of observe that and see how they'd grown um so quickly um and all with them all with what they did themselves yeah. yeah, I think yeah. What, what I've also learned through future leaders is what's really reassuring is um, a lot of people feel that way. Even even the people that you're perceiving as, you know, the big players in these events um, that are out there, you know, doing the big speeches and everything um, to actually learn that they've also got that that inner critic and they've also got, mm-hmm. you know, that fear. Um, so that's what I find actually really reassuring is that um, a lot a lot of people actually share very similar feelings, but have overcome them, you know, as you say. Yeah. And, and I know you've got a very good example there, Ian, of, of where that's worked really well. Yeah, definitely. And and, and even for, my, for myself, my first, you know, t- to be really specific about my first few events, I found myself just sat in the toilet quite a lot, just, just <laughs> hiding from people. <laughs> Um, avoiding it yeah definitely I just didn't didn't know how to engage um mm. and then I forced myself to develop a, a certain role within within a conference or so either speaking or, or being a panelist and and felt comfortable with that and and then you get to know people through that and people will come and talk to you after after a speech yeah. or, 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 or panel session and that that helped to improve my confidence about the the overall um value of a network um, yeah. actually so um so yeah i certainly understand how you know people are coming into uh, uh roles these days and how difficult it is to to network and it's something that we're we're doing something with at, at future leaders so just moving on then to um to, to mentoring and leaders if i can sort of pull pull a couple of thoughts together into one so um monica can you talk to me about how you know, your approach to mentoring, but within that, um, you know, you, what are your hopes for, for, for future leaders? Yeah, so um, I, I, I suppose there's sort of two parts to it. There's uh, leaders generally in society and where COVID has taken us, and then there's the, the, the energy industry. Um, and uh, COVID's changed so much for, for everybody, consumers, colleagues, and we've talked about it over and over again. So kind of not going into all of the detail of that, but 
transitioning to remote working overnight for most of us um, and we've remained there for over a year has been a huge challenge for leaders and, and the big topics like communication and well-being um, are very real and you know significant pressures on our businesses um, and so we're going to transition to whatever comes next and whatever that new normal and back to normal and all the different phrases banded around it's going to mean that leaders need to be able to communicate really well and communicate and excel in what is, it will be a virtual first world, embracing all of the tools and technologies around them and, and then really thinking about carefully the responsibility they have as leaders to pave the way for that transition. So I think, you know, in terms of mentoring and um, mentees, it's really important to help support them through that process. Um, and then for the energy industry, well, we've also got the energy transition to deliver, and that's a huge responsibility on our shoulders. And so we need to develop solutions that are affordable and accessible and really tackle climate change. And, and so we've got a huge ask, but there's good momentum and we've got a lot of initiatives that are already delivered. So it's just about how we support those leaders in, in tackling the next, uh, the next big topics, I suppose. Yeah, great. Thanks, Monica. And Sam, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I think, uh, obviously, Monica, you've raised a, a lot of good points there, and I think particularly around the energy stuff. Um, these are really massive topics at the minute. Um, going back to your question, Ian, um, it was around kind of approach to mentoring and everything. And yeah, I think, yes. as, Monica, as you touched upon, you know, in a, in a remote world, it's it's not been as easy as I think, you know, what our mentoring world looked like kind of before COVID. Um, mm. So I think the... The relationships have possibly shifted somewhat. I don't know whether, um, I think in some cases for me personally, it's got better actually in a COVID world. It's really forced us to communicate a lot better um, and a lot more frequently, um, despite not being face-to-face -face anymore. Mm. Um, but kind of the way I, I, I typically approach mentoring is for me, it's, it's really mentor-led. Um, so, you know, ideally we'd, we'd make time for a bit more face-to-face -face time, but obviously, you know, we're some way away from that. But um I always want to make mentoring about the mentee. So, you know, I, I always make sure it's up to them how the relationship works and how frequently we speak and, and how we speak, whether it's on WhatsApp or LinkedIn or, or whatever kind of method that we use. Um, but I think it's really important that a mentor, uh, sorry, that the mentee takes charge of, of what they're doing. Um, and kind of, I think the other question you had, Ian, was around kind of hopes for the future. Mm, yes. um, I think for me, a key thing is that the current future. So, you know, the likes of us three here, um, is that we're really ensuring that we're working on the diversity of teams and um, really instilling in everybody and, and not kind of cherry picking um, anybody that, that may not be typically perceived as a natural leader, right? But that we're ensuring that we've got a consistent approach to our leadership styles and, um, you know, we're, we're fair across that and we're diversifying, I think is, is really the important bit. But, you know, there's no small task to see beyond today's challenges um, for tomorrow's answers, right? So to do that well, we need to have people from all different backgrounds and, and ethnicities and genders and and everything. Um, I don't know whether I'm answering your question lane. or just rumbling, yeah. but yeah, I think for me, you know, uh, mentoring is all around the mentee um so for for ensuring that they lead that but again you know around what we want for the future is that we've all got a duty to ensure that everybody's kind of being touched upon and it's not um you know we're we're, we're looking to really diversify and ensure that everyone's needs are met so yes and when i think of 
mentoring and certainly what we do with future leaders, it's really simple. It's just, we're trying to help people. Um, and whether that's helping through our own experience or helping to start a conversation um, or just to support them in, in some way, it's, it's, it for me is as simple as that. Um, so so I, I think that's something that we'll, we'll continue to work on. So thanks very much, both of you for, um, taking part in today's podcast. I think that, 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 that real that there's been lots of things that you've said that has really sort of got me thinking and I've, I've been scribbling lots of notes and I'm sure uh, our listeners will, will will sort of be taking uh, taking lots of ideas from it as well but you've got some real critical things here so learning from mistakes, valuing yourself, your networking being really crucial but but also to sort of give yourself a break if if something isn't working for you or if uh, Monica as you were saying if if you don't do your sort of daily task you know give yourself a break it's okay you can come back to it um so loads of things today I, I really appreciate how open and honest um you've been for us um so that's the the end of the podcast um so we've got lots of podcasts to come. So if you want to hear more from us, you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from. Um, you can also stay up to date uh, with all of our other content, our thought leadership pieces, our blogs, our vlogs. Um, so if you follow us on LinkedIn, you'll, you'll keep up to date with us there. Um, and of course, if anything we've said today has inspired you to either become a mentor or look for a mentor as a mentee, <laughs> Um, then please go to our website, which is futureleadersmentoring.com. Um, and there's a, there's a little join button on there. And if you tap that, there's a bit of a journey that you can go through where we capture some information from you. Um, and then we'll be, we'll, we'll be in touch shortly, shortly after to sort of help you find, um, find yourself a mentor. So thanks for listening. Um, and until next time, thank you for your inspiration today, Sam and Monica, and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, yeah, thanks for having us. It was lovely to speak to you both. Yeah, good to see you. Take, Take care. care. Bye. Bye.